Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Cutlass Podcast. I hope this finds you all well. If you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you'll enjoy what you hear, and I hope you find it useful to your ongoing personal and professional development. Uh, in case you didn't know or you haven't checked it out, there are 45 other episodes you can check out, so I encourage you to add this Cutlass Podcast to your podcast library, favorite it or follow it, uh, and gain it and share the information. And to my loyal listeners, welcome back. Thank you for your support and feedback as you continue to follow content and to continue to provide uh, support and listening to this uh, podcast. So uh, I've been kind of down on the lamb a bit, not really on the lamb deliberately, but kind of been recycling some older content. I had started a new job with Blue Cross Blue Shield Association about a year ago, and it really was consuming to get oriented and really get the built up with the work I'm doing as a director of uniform service relations. So apologize for not putting out new content, but uh, I think I've settled in well and I've found some bandwidth and I've been able to manage my time and the villains that have mentally been challenging me with that. So here we go. We're on. We're going to start building out new content. As I've said before, probably it's been said that all readers are not leaders, but all leaders are readers. I think reading helps inform our influence tactics, it informs our decision-making, and it broadens our perspective and outlooks. Weeks or months ago, I read an article in Forbes titled, Empathy is the Most Important Leadership Skill. So it prompted me to want to dive into this topic a bit. So as I go through potential guests, I really thought about uh, Will over at Don't Give Up the Ship podcast. So he's joined me in other podcast episodes before. We did one on standards. Will's now retired from the military, so he's going to join me in this episode. We recorded on his platform. It went longer than what I normally do. Uh, normally, I try to target these to about 25 to 35 minutes to account for your drive to or from work, so you can listen there. We went a bit longer, so I'm going to break this one into two episodes. So this is going to be our introduction into episode one. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and as always, you know the goal here is to just increase your leadership perspective and your influence as a leader so hope you enjoy it and here we go it's good to see you will and it's good to see you like virtually the anonymity or whatever little, that word is, is yeah, oh yeah now. this is the first time yeah since i've unmasked myself that uh, yeah so how many times did i come out and i said your name on podcasts or whatever and you're like no 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 yeah so, i yeah <laughs> I still tell people to not use my name, but people slip. Like I, I did one with Toby Ruiz uh, and Steve something. I forget. Yeah, they, they. I did one with them on in like ELD stuff yesterday, which was super cool. No, it's great to see you and uh, catch up. And uh, thanks again. So I was, I wasn't on the lamb per se, but <laughs> you know, I was, I was heavily dialing up when I was working at the Naval Institute. I had a lot of bandwidth, and then. I, I found this new position with Blue Cross Blue Shield as their director of uniform service relations. So you're talking now outside of the naval services, yeah. into, you know, traveling countrywide at big events mm -hmm. to raise awareness of federal dental division. But it was consuming. But yeah, there was 
you know, like I talked to one of my episodes, you know, those villains, the kind of villains creeped in like, oh, you don't have yeah. time or, yeah. you know what I mean? I started making excuses, um, but it's good. I'm ready to be back and I'm inspired by you and the stuff I see you got, you know, you doing uh, and other people. So I've got the bandwidth. We're done with the excuse making. Hell yeah. So it's time to get rolling. <laughs> but I came across this article in Forbes magazine. Empathy is the most, the most important leadership skill. And it get, really got yeah. me thinking. So you're a guy I definitely thought this would be a cool conversation because I think it supports a lot of the con or a lot of the content that you've been generating. I hear Steve Jobs, I hear Simon Sinek, I hear Brene Brown, I hear Tony Robbins, right? Mm -hmm. They all are talking about this empathetic leadership style. And in my mind, I'm like, does it jive with the kind of military? So let's kind of have that discussion. Yeah, so. I, I hate the leadership style concept. The whole like this, oh, this is my leadership style. And it's like, it's yeah. not, it's a tool, man. Come on. Yep. <laughs> like, I hate that. And it's situational leadership, right? And you got to be able to adjust, right? But like I've, yeah. I know I've talked about like, hey, you know, there's going to be times when you're emotionally charged and things are happening. I don't have time to sit and pause and kind of right, consider right. feelings, right? But how do you handle that? So words matter. So let's define yeah. them, right? So people think they know what it is, but right. it's defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. So, okay, got mm -hmm. it. And I think that's important. But again, is it number yeah. one skill? What does it mean? Is it inherent? Can it be learned? Should you dismiss it if you're a military leader? So over to you, like what's your take on empathy as I, the most important skill and your thoughts on it? I like, I think they're getting close to something important when they're saying it's the most important skill, but they're not articulating it in the way that I think would be more accurate in that, like, and I don't know that I've gone down the road of, of teasing this apart in that way either even though I feel like, like, I feel that way about it, where it's like, I don't think it's empathy is the most important skill. I think it's, it's like everything you do needs to be framed as like a, uh, like a productive human relationship or like a positive human relationship. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Well, you know, like all of the soft skill type stuff that people get confused by or don't want to talk about. It's like th they, I think one of the biggest problems that we have as leaders in the military is that they try to kind of avoid that. And I think it's, it's not like an active avoidance. It's more like an ignorant avoidance where like we've, we never take the time to teach people how to, how to be uh, like emotionally intelligent leaders. And so like when they're confronted, especially within a military culture, because we foster this uh, the idea of, being like detached in different leaders right towards these yep. uh like bots that we're going to send out to do this thing and and yeah act like the rigid uh rigidness sometimes of like military discipline is an excuse to not be emotionally intelligent and it's an excuse yeah. to not take care of our people because yep. oh you're just in the military like go, shut up and call her you know yeah um but i think it's it's I, I think it's it's emotional intelligence in its entirety that is our biggest problem. And it's it's like a, empathy is a large component of that. Um, but it, it's really just building in like a, a inherent care for your people. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's like making it OK for me to care about them, like and not not like care about their success or their like whether or not they're promoted or qualified or whatever. It's like, 
that's a, a small component of it, but like legitimately caring about them as human beings would, yeah, I like it would combat a lot of the um, the issues we have with uh, like acute mental health issues and and yep. suicidal ideations and attempts and military sexual trauma. It's like those are all like psychological issues. Those are like psychology based uh problems that we need to address and it's like if we never equip our leaders with the skills to do that uh we end up kind of like where we are now where it's like you a yeah. lot and and i mean it's a way bigger problem within the military to me um like i think this is where you start for sure and so i think that's what they're getting at with it being the most important part but yeah there's a lot more to like we have a a leadership competence problem that goes far beyond emotional intelligence. And that's why I think emotional intelligence is such an elusive concept to a lot of people um, that don't already have it built in by other means is that like, we have issues like people like leadership competence is such an issue. Like we can't even like, per, like efficiently communicate. We can't efficiently plan and execute. We can't like, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like, we yep. have problems with that are more like the fundamental building blocks of leadership. And so emotional intelligence is like, we're talking about, this is like graduate level stuff like this. Emo yep. Emotional intelligence is very nuanced and complicated. So it's like, I do think it's the most important thing as far as like a concept, like a, it's almost like a construct within to build all of the other leadership tools. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's a tough thing to like, it's a tough thing to, to, to teach. I think you can teach yeah. it. I think people like Brene Brown are excellent resources um, because they tackle things that pe that people without the education are going to actively avoid. Like she's a shame researcher is what she calls herself. Uh, and it's like, nobody wants not anything to do with shame. You know what I mean? But right. like, yeah. but a, a, a strong leader is going to explore that topic and study their own shame and, and, like uh, try to apply some of those tools and deal with it productively. And, and that way, like when you're made aware of a concept like shame and like people's res shame responses to certain like experiences or uh, situations, it's like, then you're equipped to deal with that because it's, that's yeah. a very, very powerful emotion in a person. And if you have a sailor that's super ashamed of themselves, which happens a lot because they're letting you down as a leader or they're letting the mission yeah. down or the organization down or whatever. Um, it's like you need to know you need to be able to recognize that you need to be able to help them navigate that and it's like we're so far away from the emotional intelligence required to navigate these really like complicated uh leadership situations with our people that it's like i yeah i mean it's the most important thing but it's like we're seven layers removed you know what i mean i feel yeah. like organizationally we're so far removed from achieving that like that's like leadership self-actualization. It's at the top of the pyramid. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's like, I think it's yeah. incredibly important and that's why it's at the top, but it's also like, we're a ways away from that. I, I, yeah. I believe. I think there's, I don't know. I just think it's like, if I'm a, you know, put it into layman's terms, you know, if I'm a carpenter, mm -hmm. you know, I can't, I think it's situational, right? So I don't say my hammer's more important than my saw, right? I don't have the most important tool, right? Because I need them all. So to me, yeah. when I read it, I'm like, eh, empathy is is one of the attributes in the leader. This is, I think, in you know, me and power bases. This is definitely power mm -hmm. 
power, personal power-based development. But you know, when I look at empathy, emotional intelligence is a piece of that, right? Authenticity is a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, being flex, the willingness to be flexible and adjust based on the feedback you get, you know, you got yeah. listening skills in here. So I think it's one of many things. Um, and I also think, I think genetically people or base, maybe it's not genetically, maybe not right out, you know, pop out in the operating room. It's like, Hey, I, I, yeah. I have empathy. Um, I think you're shaped over your childhood, your experiences yeah. growing up shape this kind of willingness or understanding of empathy. Um, but I know people are shaped, you know, definitely in the military, you can be focused on process, you can be focused on results, or you can be focused on people, right? And you see it come out, like you can see the people that are results focused, and they kind of, it doesn't mean they don't have empathy, but their focus tends to be more towards the result at the expense of stopping yeah. to consider, okay, what's the impact on people? So, um, I think there's a lot that goes on there, but that was my kind of take. It's, I don't know if it's the most, right. I would, I can almost say no communication skills are more important. You know what I mean? Um, You can be empathetic, but if you can't communicate, you know what I mean? Right. Your empathy is not going to do anything for you. Yeah. You're for sure going to be handicapped if you don't have the other tools as well. Um, And I've seen leaders that kind of, lead with their heart on their sleeve and nothing else yeah. and it doesn't work very well but like the the people for for at least a, for a period of time the people that uh they're in charge of um like they they like oh this person cares about us and that that uh, yeah. resonates with them but then it's like you start to see that they're fumbling the ball constantly because that other stuff's important too. Like my leave shit's important too. Like my getting my eval out on time is important too. So it's like, you can't lose sight of the nuts and bolts and the management of people and the logistics of everything. And yeah, so it's, it's definitely, I mean, I, I just think it's one of those things that you have to build into it all. Um, because when you get, when you get like, um, lopsided towards one of those other things as well it it everything's out of whack and so it's like yeah. it's it, you when you are hyper focused on productivity it's like it, you start to treat people like consumables and that's where the emotional intelligence counterweight comes in and it's like but the, i guess the way i look at it is like it's like one of those things that should be um everything should be filtered through it for that reason it's like and that's why it's so important i guess is like you could have all the other things and if you were stripped of emotional intelligence i don't think any of those other things really matter i think you're going to be viewed as a toxic leader so it's like yeah but having all those other things and emotional intelligence if you're screening everything through emotional intelligence um the people are going to be really well taken care of and that is like to me, that's the most important thing is that they're taken care of so that they can go do the thing that we need them to do. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I, I, I would say it's a lot more important in the military because of the, the stakes, you know, like the yeah. consequences of not getting the mission done. It's like, that doesn't mean our, like our uh, profit margin goes down, you know, that means people right. die. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. I, it's, yeah, yeah go ahead. And I think part of the mindset too is like, you know, and we talked about this briefly before we started recording, but mm. you know, this tendency, especially lately, you know, kind of develop toughness and kind of prepare mm. for the yeah. high end fight and kind of, yeah. I got it, but 
that's the exception, not the norm, right? So managing the day-to-day stresses and things like that. Um, and, and frankly, people just want to be heard, I think, right? So that's a piece of this. So at some point, and I would say early on as a young leader or just a human, I don't think this is necessarily, this is just good people skills. The ability to kind of, when you hear someone, um, to kind of be able to understand it. In some cases you can't yeah. do that, right? You might not have the experience set to do it, but definitely when you're a senior leader in the military, and you know that in the cheese mess, there's an expectation mm-hmm. that one of your roles, I think, is you represent what your people are going through, right? So if you're yeah. not willing to, yeah, and, and by the way, it changes, Should right? Be. So what you went through, they're not all you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and there isn't one mindset of like, hey, being in the Navy, you know, here's your, you know, it's not a bi-stable approach. It's not either, mm. it's not black and white. Your experience is not black and white, right? Going to sea is different right. for everyone. Dealing with the stresses that come with it, different. Um, managing your career is different for everyone. So yeah. um, it's just interesting. So um, I think it's let's, tall, let's talk it's about. A, go Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to no, say, I think it's a go. tall ask for like that. The. <laughs> they're putting the cart before the horse a little bit with like the, the uh, fighting hurt and be being tough and preparing for the high end fight and all that kind yeah. of those ideas of like toughness and resilience. It's like, they're not, they're, they're asking that of you, right? They're saying like, Hey, we want you to be resilient in the face of the mind bending stress that comes along with the mission that we require. But it's yeah. like, I think that they lose sight of the fact that um, these people are coming in with the understanding that it's going to be really hard. Like they're not, I, yeah. I don't think any of these kids for whatever stupid like generational labels you want to put on them and use as an excuse for them not getting it or whatever. It's like these kids are really, really intelligent and they're coming in yeah. the military fully understanding that they're going to be doing something very hard. So when you're demanding like the mission requirements and the, the hard working hours and the going to see and all that kind of stuff, like they understand that that's part of the deal, right? They're going to complain and they're going to do the things that people do to cope with, with difficult uh, tasks, but they understand the assignment, right? But then when we layer on top of that leadership and competence at that, it's it's like this modifier that compounds the casualty in a way that's unacceptable yeah. to these people because it's not that's not what they signed up for. They signed up for uh, trusting their leaders to take care of them and do the right thing by them and and help them get what they need uh, to continue being tough and resilient in this fight. And it's not happening. And so there's yeah. this sense of like betrayed trust that I think is the type of thing you see like festering like in in the the gulf that's developed between like yeah. junior personnel and, and leadership yeah and you read it in the reddit and you're well familiar with that yeah. so let's uh let's move towards like all right so let's talk about hey why you should care right as a leader if you're in that mm-hmm. mindset like uh, empathy you know oh that's friggin and and by the way this is just isn't military problem, right? Because yeah. Simon Sinek is talking, right? This is, there's an attitude in some cases in the civilian side too, with bosses. I think mm-hmm. that's a part of it. People reconciling with this need to be the boss and, yeah. you know, directive and get things done and the need to, and we'll talk about that and the need to listen and understand. Um, so where do you see, 
the benefits to kind of developing empathetic influence style um, or this emotional intelligence and just being able to stop for a minute, get out of your, you know, get out of the relationship of things from your perspective only mm -hmm. and to kind of work the other person's perspective into the decision making. Why? <laughs> Weirdly. So like the way I approached leadership over time and it took me a minute to figure it out. And, and I'm still in this like analysis of was it the most productive way to do it because of the effect it had on me. But um, I think I went really far the, the other direction, like the, the direction that people are like towards the empathetic leadership style of like, I was like, well, what do my people need? Like, that's all that matters is like taking care of their needs, figuring out where they're at. And, and so like, I got really into like psychology and human relationships and uh, meeting their needs. I'm a Maslow's hierarchy of needs guy. Like I talk about it constantly. And so it was, and, and the biggest reason I, I swung that far that direction is because I saw it working. I was, I was yeah. struggling with like getting my sailors to do the thing and respond to my leadership. And when I found that button, uh, it worked like really well when I, when I met their needs, uh, and took care of them and communicated authentically that like, I really genuinely cared about them. Even when I was being a pain in the butt and like, uh, yeah. and pushing them, um, I went way out of my way to make sure they always knew, uh, that I cared about them and I was always going to be there for them. And, and so like, I'm the, yeah. and, and, and there's a certain expectation, I think, that chiefs do these sorts of things but i i also think it's it feels i don't have data like it feels like that is, has started to bleed off where like um like i'm showing up to their court dates and like i i went over to a kid's house when he was having a domestic issue and like yeah. I, I was it was like a parent figure um and that's kind of the way i approached it and like I did it that way. Cause it felt like it was my responsibility. Now on the other end of that, um, it's very demanding. Like it, it's a very, yeah. uh, when you, when I, you're kind of polarized towards that end of the spectrum, it's like, it took a lot out of me to do that for that many people. Yeah. Um, it still does like through the podcast in certain ways, but yeah. very, yeah. the volumes turned down. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean it, it, um, it took big pieces out of me to, to do it that way. So like, I don't know that the way that I did it was, was balanced or whatever, like, but, yeah. um, but I do think it's I, like a certain, a certain amount of that is like, it's absolutely necessary. It's like fundamental. Yeah. Um, back okay. to kind of what we've already discussed is like, yeah, you, you, yeah. you, you can't do leadership effectively without a component of this now i had the volume maxed out does that mean you need to no but it's right. you can't not be doing it either like it yep. you're gonna your people aren't gonna trust you they're not gonna follow you they're not because they think you, they they're gonna think the opposite like i was very very yep. hyper concerned with them knowing that i cared about them genuinely you're going to be at the polar opposite of the spectrum of they're going to think you don't care about them based yeah. on demonstrated yeah. behavior. Absolutely. Um, so they cite, you know, I read several articles on this and kind of just my own, but like 
increased motivation, you get buy-in, right? Because when you start to connect with people in that way, they and they know you care yeah. genuinely, right? They're like, all right, this person's bought into me. I'm gonna right. That's that whole I'll go into combat with this person, right? I'll die. Yeah, on they're the hill doing it thing. for you. They're not yes. even doing it for the mission yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh. And then I think you mitigate burnout and stress, or you should help. Yeah, it should help your ability to, to do that, right? Because yeah. back to that, we'll talk more. This kind of balance of push and pull, that's a huge mm. piece of this, right? When to drive and when to kind of come off and take, you know, yeah, it's yeah. that situational leadership, right? Hey, mm-hmm. am I directing, am I coaching, am I supporting kind of thing? And then yeah. I think ultimately the team sees that. Um, I think it just increases team effectiveness too. So did you see those things? Mm. Yeah, I, I'm a very... Um... Like the reason I, I scoff at leadership styles is because you can't just use one. Like you were saying earlier, right. the tools for like right tool for the job. So I'm a very uh, individual like motivator type guy. Like I'm going to analyze the person, the individual f- and figure out what motivates them individually because everybody's different. And then I'm going to leverage those things to push them towards doing the thing that I need them to do. Right. I need you to accomplish these tasks and there's certain ways that I'm going to interact with sailor a that I'm not going to do with sailor B because it doesn't work. Um, yeah. So definitely different approaches, but always through that lens of, of emotional intelligence of like, I I never wanted them to think that I didn't care though. There were times where, um, like you mentioned earlier, I was pushing that button of like the authoritative influence like or the authoritative power like i need my legitimate power tool right now to tell you to go do this thing right now with no explanation with no nothing but the reason why they're willing to do that and it doesn't harm my uh my like credibility and trust with them is that i've built up over time a rapport and a trust with them that i have their best interests at heart that i care about them that I'm not going to put them in a, a situation that's going to harm them in any way or that um, like one of the probably default uh, assumptions by junior sailors sometimes when they're given that type of direction is that like, oh, chief just doesn't care about me and wants me to like it, basically like that you're not filtering it through that lens. And yeah. I'm a bit but chief's a big idiot because. Uh, this isn't the most efficient way of doing this thing, or this doesn't make any sense, or that the fact that we're even doing this today is stupid for at whatever reason. And it's yeah. like when you build up that trust and and uh, credibility with your people, it's like they're not thinking that, like because I've yeah. demonstrated to them over time that I am thinking about those things, and so they give you the benefit of the doubt, and it's like, okay, chief knows something I don't know, and and that's yeah. usually true, and the reason the way that i would reinforce that and and validate their feelings on a consistent basis so that next time they would trust me too is when i give them that type of direction i then loop back around when i have time and i'm like hey sorry sorry to do that to you but this is what was going on and this is why i need you to go do that thing right now and couldn't explain it to you yeah so that again just to validate the feeling that they had that like yep absolutely thinking about me and how this affects me yeah, because to your point, right, there's going to be times when I have to be directive, right? There's a short yeah. notice thing, there's an emergency, right? But again, there is a time to come back again. Yep. And, I'm, and you know, that's that empathetic connection. Hey, I got it. I'm, I'm sure you're frustrated and pissed off. Here's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. 
you know, kind of yeah. thing. But I think part of this too, we're talking this from leadership. This is a followership skill too, right? So you're, mm-hmm. they need to understand and start to learn. Like if I'm going to understand your feelings and I have experience and, and can consider those flip it, right? You need to understand mm-hmm. to your point, like, Hey, yeah. why is chief acting this way? Right. So yeah. he, he or she might be getting pressure. You know what I mean? Right. So I think when you start to teach, you know, from a followership perspective, this kind of, yeah. you know, do you understand my perspective too? Let me teach you. Cause in the future, yeah. you're going to be in this position, right. Kind of thing. I, th- I think it's, it's like, I, I think it's important to teach, um, juniors so that they understand what's like the interaction that's happening but also like even if you haven't like because like, let's be honest like that's i mean they with the and like eld courses like i'm i'm sure they uh it comes up in discussion a little bit but for junior people it's like it's that the old the old adage of like they don't remember what you said but they remember how you made them feel and it's like yeah they're interpreting those things it like in absence of the tools for just cognitive understanding right or being taught these things it's like they're just gonna go based on how it makes them feel and it's like there's a good and bad component to that like the the bad being i i wish they understood it it would make it a lot simpler and and it you know it's like building the foundation for them to be my relief in the future uh, but it's very yeah. much a leadership skill anyway but like it's good in that like it's it's simple and you it's not something you you don't need to teach them how to how to like uh perceive that you care about them and that's what's so interesting yeah. about it is it's like it's emotive in a way that like i'm not i, I don't really need to explain it if I like, if I'm taking care of them and this is what's cool about, like, I hear people talk about like transformational leaders and all this, like, like what their ideal yeah. leader would be or whatever. And it's like, what's super interesting about it is like, um, like you and I are very different personalities. Right. But I know that you were an effective leader. I, like I can tell and, and that you care, you care about your people too. You're not going to express it the same way that I probably do, but like, it's right. going to get across to your people no matter what because there's this thing that happens like it's just the human yeah. experience where it's like these people just understand how their leadership makes them feel so you get to see like these wildly varying flavors of leaders that have different personalities and characteristics and so they apply they look very different but they're applying the same tools and yeah. making the the people feel the same way and it's like it's not really a thing like it certainly helps if they understand it like intellectually, but like they're just going to go based on how it makes them feel. And that like understanding yep. that it, like is really important because you can start to leverage that as a way to motivate your people to do the thing. And it's like, yeah. it's, I don't think that while I do think there's a lot of value to them understanding it and being taught it like academically, I don't think it's necessary to accomplish the same thing because you know like you're just you're just treating a human being like product like well in a human relationship at its at its simplest level you know and it's like they're going to respond accordingly okay um so i'll i would say like it's learned over time this emotional you know intelligence and things like that so i for whatever reason i was always i remember even as a young kid like very I had friends and all that got it, but I was always very process and results motivated, right? Like kind of, 
yeah want to get a job and do that right so um yeah and and to me often you know i was I, you know it took me a while to start to think and cue in on the impact on the people and consider those kind of things yeah um so i think it's important to talk about what it kind of looks like and sounds like right so i think that's a piece of it like if i'm a leader and i think empathy is being weak or whatever you know what i mean or yeah whatever the perspective is so um so walk me how you know walk me how you think through give or give an example like what would empathetic leadership sound like um individually or with the team um i mean it's for me it's behavioral it's it's uh I, I've always talked about uh, leadership by example being the most powerful uh, like leadership tool I've ever seen in real life where like I, I say a lot of things on this podcast and um, it, see, it seems based on the response and communications with listeners that uh, it's making an impact. It's helping a lot of people, but the way that it helps is they're applying it in real life. Right. So they're doing it and their people are responding to it. And so like the, the me saying it is great. Like you I can say all the right things and, and uh, present as a strong leader. And I've met people like this where it's like that on the surface, people think that they're, they're great leaders because they're charismatic and they're articulate and they're uh, squared away looking and stuff like that. But then, in yeah. practical application, some of the guys that that you would judge on the surface as not that are the vastly more effective leaders. And it's for me, it boils down to to being able to behave in a way that communicates often like I authentically care about you. Um, right. And it's it's a lot of things The um at risk of going on a, a huge monologue and, and talking in circles, I'm just going to give like a specific example. So the, the, yes. one of the ways that I would do it is, uh, and I've talked about it on the podcast before is drink runs, right? It sounds stupid, but, uh, we would get into these situations where, um, like on a, on a two crew ballistic missile submarine, they would inevitably try to cram the food load into like a day and a half, which is absurd. It's like the only way you're going to get that done efficiently. Uh, like if you're doing it right is uh, like, you're going to be working like 18 hour days. It, it was always okay. insane. I was showing up early, doing all the normal chief things, the meetings, the, the um, normal daily routine stuff, supervising all the meals and all the other things. And then we would start loading food uh, later on Um and I'd be at work until one in the morning and the somewhere in there, people, you can feel it in the air. Like it gets, starts to get to this like point where the stress is like boiling over. Like people are having a hard time uh, staying engaged or getting frustrated and just beat down. Right. Um, and everybody's tired too, including me. Um, Cause usually I would bring my guys in later, but they're still working rough, like 12 hour days. Uh, so I, when I started to feel that coming on, um, either me or my supply officer, because we weren't always in the thick of it cause I'm supervising and my supply officers doing department head things on the submarine still, and then coming in and checking on us. And she was great. She always wanted to help. And, um, so she either her, or I would go, uh, Hey, we'll be right back. And we would jump in our cars, go up to upper base and go to the mini mart and just fill a bag with everybody's favorite 
energy drink or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, or like sometimes she would run to like McDonald's and just come back with a sack of burgers and fries and, uh, out of her pocket or my pocket, right? Like they're not paying for the stuff. They didn't ask for it. Right. But it's like, I, it's like, I'm there with them. I got, I'm de bloused. I'm carrying boxes. I'm doing all, I'm doing the thing right there with them, but all, and that's, that's a, that's a component of it. I'm not in the chief's quarters, like sitting with my feet right. up. And, yes. Um, but also I, and I am, I am in a supervisory role. Like I'm not like strictly a worker bee in this scenario, but if that's the most effective thing I can do, then I'm moving boxes. Um, yeah. but I got to run around and make sure the thing is still happening the way it's supposed to. But then the drink run thing, it's like, come just like coming back with that, like it, it diffuses so much tension. It, you feel yeah. the energy in the room change when you're handing out the, cause they're just like, Oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Like just a moment yep. of respite in this hell hellscape that is a food yeah. load, uh, in that type of a scenario. And it's, so it's just like, it, it's a huge deal to them. And, but, and if you think about it, it's like, it's a very insignificant gesture on, on its surface. Like, I mean, I went and spent 20 bucks on some, like, who cares? Like, that's yeah. not a big deal, but to them it's the gesture is a huge deal the communication that i care about them that i'm right here with them it's like a reminder in that moment that like we're all in this together uh i love you all and we're gonna get through yeah. this i know it sucks but just keep pushing you know and it's like yeah that kind of stuff goes a really 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 long way um and there's plenty yeah. of opportunity to do things like that um just little moments like I used to uh, cut guys out a little early when we're in port and there's nothing going on because I know those days are going to come where we're doing those food loads. Like if there's nothing going on in the middle of a, of a refit period or whatever, where we're just in port and all I got, the, like the most important thing I got to get done today is lunch. You know, then it's like after yeah. lunch, it's like, Hey, don't you have a dental appointment? Wink, you know, like get out of here, yep. you know, and I'll send a guy early, home early. Like I'll send somebody out of there at like 1300. Um, and so just things like that, like, like reading the landscape and understanding that like, nobody needs to be here until 1700, except for me. Like I'm the chief, yeah. I'm wearing the khaki belt. I'm the one getting paid more. So like, I'll be here for the meetings and I'll be here for all the other stuff. But my whole division being here like it doesn't like because yeah. after lunch cleanups done they're standing around staring at each other largely unless we have something going on and that's different and right. i brief that in the morning and i make sure that i have the people there that i need but if i don't need everybody it's like okay you can leave and you can leave. you had duty yesterday get out of here that kind of thing it's just like not losing sight of those those types of things and it, if it pervades everything you do if you if you get to the point where all of your action is filtered through that emotional intelligence lens. It's like those types of things kind of handle themselves. And so it's like, yeah. for me, it's very behavioral based. Like it needs to be yeah. woven into all of your behaviors. And there are times where the decision-making matrix is going to marginalize that a little bit where it's like, yes, I considered it, but I understood that in order to do this thing that's required, I'm going to have to kind of, uh, push the the concerns about you aside and like spend a little bit of that capital that I've accrued, yeah. right? But then yeah. there's other times that it's like that's going to be the primary thing, you know, and, and yeah. I'm going to get you out of here as soon as possible. And 
So that does it for this episode of the Cutlass Podcast. To learn more about this topic and more, again, make sure to check out the Chief Petty Officer's Guide or the Petty Officer's Guide. There are other resources that I'll list in the episode description as well that we discussed or touched on during uh, the recording of the podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Cutlass Podcast on your podcast channel. Like, share, comment. Help me spread this content to those who can use it to improve. Also, consider checking out my webpage at cutlassleadership.com or follow my Facebook page, Cutlass Leadership Concepts. I also have a YouTube channel I'm building up called Paul's Cutlass Classroom. Again, this is Paul Kingsbury. Work hard to keep your leadership cutlass sharp, reflect and improve, and take what you learn to become a sturdy, versatile, incredible leader who dares to make a positive difference.